Welcome, everybody, to Bridge Builders Communities Church Sermon Podcast. You are listening to one of our messages from our weekly gathering. We hope that you sit back and enjoy and be blessed. We're starting our new sermon series, The Promise of Christmas. And it has been said about promises that promises are like babies. They're easy to make, but they're hard to deliver. I'll let that sit in there for a moment. Right? And we've all had uh, experiences with promises. And I mean, who doesn't like a good promise? I mean, I love a good promise. They're exciting. But not all our experiences with promises are good. We make them. We break them. Sometimes not because we're, you know, we were disingenuous about making those promises, because sometimes we make a promise that we just buy all more than what we can chew and we can't deliver on it. Or there's circumstances that, you know, kind of derail the promise. And that's the same thing with promises that other people make to us. They're all made in good intentions, but they're so hard to deliver on. So hard to carry out sometimes. And so we get disappointed easily because promises are broken. And sometimes we get disappointed in ourselves when we break the promise. That's out of our control. Promises are messy. And when the promises seem like they're impossible for God to fulfill, or when you're believing the promises of God and it doesn't turn out quite how you expect it. Or when you wait on the Lord and you wait on His promises and all you get for all your waiting is more waiting. Sometimes promises can mess with our faith. On all kinds of levels. Because there are times when the struggles and the hardships and the challenges of life, they come all at once. And it seems like it takes so long for them to go away. And maybe we wonder, does God, does he even remember the promises he made? Life messes with us. Promises mess with us. They, they challenge our faith. And here's one thing that I understand, that I completely understand about promises. I have no clue when God will or how he will fulfill his promises. But I know that he will. I know that he will. I may not understand the timing. I may not understand the circumstances. I may not want to wait for the promises. But I know God will fulfill his promises. Without a doubt. That's what I understand about promises. I know, I know I can't always keep my promise. I know other people can't always keep their promise. But I know God will always keep his promise. Always keep his promise. And sometimes God's promises are fulfilled in multiple ways. And Christmas season is the it's the perfect example of that. There are so many promises made during Christmas season. 
the promise of family gatherings, the families uh, of, of good food, of the promises of singing wonderful music, hearing wonderful music, the promise even of, yes, gifts. So many promises are made during Christmas. And God has made lots of promises, but it concerns the Christmas story. Isaiah 9-6. This is where I think the Christmas promise speaks the loudest. Isaiah 9-6. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. It's a wonderful promise there. And it's echoed again in Matthew 1.23. It says, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son. And they shall call him, they call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. So this morning, even today, when maybe promises appear distant, invasive, the promise of Christmas is this. God with us. That's the promise of Christmas. God with us. What a powerful, beautiful promise. God's made himself fully known to us through Jesus Christ. In Jesus, we see how great God's love is for us. The promise is God birthing himself into humanity for us. Not just to be born for us, and I love this, not just to be born for us, but to stay with us, be with us, unto us, God with us, Emmanuel, always with us, never forsaking us, Always with us. Completely with us. Never forsaking us. This, to me, just blows my mind. That God desires to be with us. God desires to be with you. God desires to be with you. God desires to be with me. That's amazing. And not only that, not only does he desire it, not only did he make it happen, he delights to be with us. Can you just let that sink in for a moment? The God of the universe, who made everything, who sustains everything, who fills the universe with himself, he is completely God every place in this universe. Wants to be with us. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that just beautiful? Isn't that just kind of God? That He delights to be with us. I don't know about you, but that just thrills my heart this morning. That God, that's the true promise of Christmas. The next time that I'm discouraged or the next time that I feel abandoned or, or too fearful to take a step of faith, I can know that God is with me. Whatever hardship, whatever challenge, whatever disappointment from other things that I face, 
I can face them with the, with the truth of knowing that God is with me and wants to be with me, desires to be with me, and will never leave me. That's the promise of Christmas. That's the promise of Christmas. And the way I see this promise, the way I receive this promise, the way I, I believe this promise affects the way that I travel with Jesus, that I abide with Jesus, that I walk with Jesus. It empowers the way that I give. It empowers the way I worship. It's a, it empowers the way I see other people. It changes me. It changes you. When you receive this promise that God is with us, never forsakes us. And absolutely is in love with being with us. Passionate about it. So much so that he birthed himself into humanity. Think about this. Holy God. Righteous God. Powerful God. Sovereign God. Births himself into humanity. So that he could be with us in a way that we could understand. Man, that's rocks my world, man. It just changes the way that I, that I look at things, the way I look at myself, the way I look at you guys, the way I look at people that come into my life. It just, it just changes me when I can really accept this promise that God is with me. Can someone say hallelujah? Hallelujah. Because it's worthy. He's worthy. Now, to help us see this promise a little bit clearer, I think we need to look through a Jewish lens. Because to a Jewish believer, promise is all about covenant. It's always about covenant with God. Second Chronicles 6.14 O Lord God of Israel, there is no God like you in heaven or on earth keeping covenant and showing steadfast love to your servants who walk before you with all their heart. Now covenant is a sacred agreement between God and his people. And our Father is a covenant keeping God. A promise keeping God. He never fails in fulfilling his promises towards his sons and his daughters. God takes covenant very seriously. Very seriously. Now the verb keeping is the Hebrew word shamar. And it means to protect and it means to guard. But it also means to nurture. To make sure that this thing comes to maturity. So God not only protects his covenant with us. Not only guards his covenant with us. Not only promises his covenant, his keeping makes sure that it grows and nurtures inside of us. Amen. It's relational. It's not just a static list of this. If you do this, I will do this. It's a relational thing so that he bursts it in us and makes sure that it grows in us so we can keep covenant with him. Amen. It's, like, it's just beautiful, relational. Everything with God is relational. And why is it important to God to keep covenant? Because you're important to Him. That's why the covenant is important. Because you're important. 
Because you're important. Now he wants to be with us. So the covenant is a way of securing that with usness. Is that a word? With usness? It is now. It is now. But that's the point. The covenant is important because you're important, because I'm important, because his sons and daughters are important, because his children are important. And he wants to make sure that he keeps covenant with them. Because he loves us. And he desires us to be one with him, close to him, abide with him. And he promises never to leave that covenant with us. Man, this is just good stuff. This is good stuff. It gets even better. Now listen to this. That whole phrase... Keeping covenant is in the Hebrew Shamar Bereth. And that word, that phrase together in the Jewish mindset means to consume the chaos of someone. To consume the chaos in someone. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. So to a Jewish believer, God keeping a promise is meant to destroy chaos in their life. Isn't that cool? See, our Jewish brothers and sisters, they got something going on here. <laughs> now, this, uh, both the Hebrew and the Greek words for chaos are similar. Similar. That's not a word. <laughs> are similar in their, in their meaning. Both these words convey images of being without form, completely void and empty. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's how they describe chaos. It is a picture of complete emptiness. I know the times where I felt alone. When I felt abandoned. When I felt that my life was meaningless. I felt the chaos. Because I felt empty. And God's coming. God keeping His coming. God with us. The promise of Christmas of God with us is meant to destroy the chaos in my life. Meant to consume the chaos in my life. So I don't have to walk in a life without meaning. That I don't have to feel empty. And when I do feel empty, His love comes and destroys the chaos of it all. It's beautiful. God keeps coming because we're important to Him. Because He delights to be with us. And He is committed to consuming chaos and ridding our lives of it. Beautiful stuff. Beautiful stuff. You know, unforgiveness is chaos. Unbelief is chaos. Fear is chaos. Loneliness is chaos. But He promises to be with us in the midst of it all. God with us. Even when we're afraid. Even when we're confused, He is with us. Even when we're lonely, He is with us. Even if we're wondering if the promise is real. God is with us. Emmanuel, God is with us. Praise God. Yes, amen. Praise God. But God with us. God with us destroys the chaos. You know what that is? 
That's the peace promise. That's the promise of peace. That's the promise of peace. When we travel with God, when we abide with God, He chases the chaos out of us. He consumes the chaos of chaos around us. His covenant of peace because Jesus is the Christmas promise of God with us. Jesus is. Christ is. Unto us. Given to us. Jesus sent to us. And the government is on his shoulders and not ours. Someone say amen to that. Because I know when I try to shoulder the government of my life, there's chaos. There's chaos. But thank God the government is on his shoulder. His rule, his dominion, his supremacy, his never changing authority. And the power to carry out whatever he deems necessary. Full dominion is on the shoulders of Jesus, and he loves to consume chaos. Mm-hmm. And I say it, and that reminds us that his dominion, there will be no end. His, it says that on the increase of his government and of his beast, there will be no end. Mm-hmm. God with us is more than it's enough. His government never ends. His peace never ends. And I love the way that Jesus exercises authority by taking people and making them sons and daughters. Eradicating chaos for their lives so that they can see their Messiah. Love that. And just like the first followers, he sends us on mission. To go into this world with the gospel and remind people that God can be with them. That that there's chaos in their lives. Yes, there's much chaos in their lives, but Jesus, the peacemaker, can eradicate all chaos in their lives. It's really important to know that in this whole chapter, in in the chapter before it, the prophet Isaiah is living in a time much like ours. Lots of political unrest. Lots of economic struggles. And the nation of Israel is so confused and so passionate, unpassionate towards their relationship with God that they are drifting away from God. But God gives Isaiah a message of hope and peace. So let's read 9, 6 again, Isaiah 9, 6 again, and take it apart a little bit. For unto us a child is born. For unto us a son. That word, the Hebrew word there, means the builder of a family name. Mm-hmm. For unto us a child is born. For unto us a, the builder of a family name is given. And that word means it's granted, it's assigned. This person being born has a purpose and a mission. And the government, the empire, the kingdom shall be upon his shoulder. And that's the place of burden. Christ carries our burden. What the scriptures occurred us to what? Cast all our burdens on him. Take up his yoke. And his name shall be called Wonderful. And that means marvelous. That means a miracle. Counselor means advisor and the one who resolves an issue. Hmm. Boy, didn't Christ resolve an issue for us? The issue of sin? 
mighty God. Where it means champion. It means warrior. Basically, this is a picture of a divine hero come to our rescue. Everlasting Father. He is the image of the Father in heaven on earth. Jesus came to show us the Father. Prince. Oh, this is really good. The head person. The general of peace. (laughs) The general of peace. Shalom. Shalom. There's so much hope in this. So much promise in this. Verse 6. In the Hebrew language, hope is the word tikva. Tikva. And tikva is a picture of tying a strong rope around yourself. And the picture is that that one end is tied back to all the faithfulness of God and Israel's past. And it's wrapped around them. And it's attached to the promises of God in the future. And in the middle... This is covenant. This is covenant. Hope. I trust God's promises in the future because I know what He's did in the past. So I can stand and keep covenant with God. And I tie it around me like hope. Wow. This is a beautiful picture. This is a beautiful picture. That's God with us, consuming chaos, with Himself. Now this beautiful word shalom. We've talked a bit about shalom a lot. Shalom means the, the wholeness or completeness. But you can't have peace unless you destroy the authority that is establishing, establishing chaos in your life. So when you look at this Hebrew word, if you take the Hebrew word shalom and you break it apart just to its word pictures, collectively they mean Something really beautiful. They mean to destroy the authority attached to chaos. Shalom means, in its basic root form, to destroy the authority that causes chaos. Mm -hmm. Do you think God is committed to destroying chaos in our lives? And bring us the peace, the shalom of Jesus, that our general, our general of peace is coming to destroy chaos in us. That he has come. God with us. Hope. Tikva. Strong core, strong rope that, can, that connects us to, the, to what God has been faithfully doing in our lives in the past, and to what he's doing now, to what he promises to do in the future. And all the while we keep coming because he wants to be with us and he's committed to destroy chaos in us, for us. Man, Amen. That's enough. Praise God. Sorry about my voice. Emmanuel, God with us, is the promise of Christmas. It changes the way that we travel. It changes the way we see things because again, it changes us. The gospel message is a strong cord of hope that we can extend to people. Our lives can show the world that the promises of God are true because He is true. 
But here's the thing about the promises of God. They're all fulfilled in Jesus. Second mm-hmm. Corinthians one twenty. For all God's promises. All God's promises. All God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. <laughs> Amen. That Greek word means strong affirmation, the truth. <laughs> all through Christ, and through Christ, our amen, which also means yes, extends to God for his glory. God's promises are answered in Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. God always fulfills his Always. Even though the times where we're, where we're discouraged or disappointed or afraid or not sure or anything human that we are, God always compels His promises because the promise of Christmas is Emmanuel. God with us. God with us.